What? <laughs> is that your computer making that noise? Too? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you hear it? It's like that. Z- 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 yeah, yeah. It sounds like a beat. Yeah, that's my that's my laptop. Cool. <laughs> I can't even I can't even bring it to class anymore because somebody asked me to turn it down. <laughs> like, hey, hey, man, can you can you turn on your uh, laptop? I was like, no, I can't. Like, oh yeah, well the uh, the uh, volume button's right there. It's like, fuck you, dude. Episode 58, Life Nate on 5 podcast, huge episode. It's me, Colton. It's Jake. Hello, Jake. Hello, Colton. And it's Sam. Hello, Sam. Colton, what's going on? Nothing is going on. Sam, thank you for asking. 58th episode of Life Nate on 5 podcast. Um, Rockford's very own podcast. How about that? I just I just tossed that in there. Not bad, huh? Yes. Um, so we have a, uh, a big show today. From Barstool Sports, uh, from Redline Radio Podcast, uh, Barstool Eddie is on to talk about the Chicago Bears season, uh, week one, week two, and the future. Uh, it, Sam wasn't there because he doesn't really care about the podcast, but me and me and Jake interviewed him, and let me tell you, that dude's so cool. It was a doozy of an interview. I mean, it was, it was an all-timer. Sam, what did you think of the interview? It was good. He was so cool. Like, he was just so easy to get along with, and, like, his answers were just spot on. Can you name um, one, can you name me one of his answers, Sam? Just when he was kind of elaborating on the bear season, <laughs> that one other thing he did, that was cool. That was cool, yeah, for sure, for sure, uh-huh. Alright, well, uh, anyway, moving on, we can, uh, talk about week two of the NFL. Um, Jake, Jake, thoughts yeah. on the Packers tie? Go. Uh, ties suck. Everyone knows that. I mean, it came with a lot of pain, but I'm going to say it ended with joy because we won on a missed field goal. So at least I was able to walk out. Like, the Vikings fans, they, they got the same result as us, but they had to walk out missing a field goal. I had already had my heart broken by the refs calling it, uh, roughing the passer, when Clay Matthews gently bit Kirk Cousins on the ground right after he threw the ball. Um, so I had already gone through that pain, and so at least I was able to walk away like, okay, we didn't get fucking totally robbed, but looking at a one at the end of our record for the rest of the year is going to be annoying, and that's going to have big complications for the division. It was a hell of a game. Um, our defense looked really good until the very end. Like, we absolutely fell apart at the end. Um, I saw some stats. If you, Kirk Cousins finished the week with, what was it, like, 375 and four, uh, yeah, and three touchdowns and two interceptions. If that uh, rough in the passer call isn't called, he's like, he has 245 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and like a 55% completion percentage. He has a pretty, we were holding him in check. So it just all fell apart after that. And it was a brutal tie. I don't know. What else are you going to say about a tie? I mean, do you feel confident after this? I mean, that's kind of, it's a banged up Rodgers. Um, that yeah. was the, I mean, that was like a legit, that was the Vikings, that's the, that's the division game right now. Like, that's what everybody wanted to see. And you get a tie out of it. Um, as a Bear fan, it was kind of like interesting. I mean, you never want to see a game in a tie, but that was cool, I thought. So yeah, it, it's uh, it. I am one of the people who's very confident in the Packers, 
and made us a Super Bowl contender, obviously. But all, all the people who thought we were overrated, we're done. Pro- Rodgers is probably not going to make any more runs. We showed that we were just as literally, we should have beaten the Vikings, yet we tied, whatever. Take it as a tie. People had the Vikings as the best team in the league going into that game. A lot of people did. So we showed that we could hang with the best of them. Rodgers was not his best. He did not. He, he was the reason we didn't win that game, honestly. Like, I'm just saying, he, he played like a top 10 quarterback. He's not the best quarterback in the history of football. So that's what the Packers would look like with a top 10 quarterback. Because he's just, he was staying in the pocket. All of our red zones have been in field goals because he couldn't extend any plays. Um, Rodgers will get more healthy as the season goes on. He'll rest up against, uh, well, looking up the Redskins and then the Bills the next two weeks, and then he'll be ready for the rest of the season. Yeah, there were there were two things I took away from that game. One was Kirk Cousins is a is a bad man. Um, four touchdowns, four twenty five. He looks legit. They they have him in a system that I think he could really thrive in. Um, Captain K, he was ready to go. And then secondly. Um, this is something I said was Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is probably the most valuable athlete of all time to his team. Um, I know that's kind of weird, but he is, without a doubt, he provides the most value I've ever seen to any any player, to any team. And I think that about LeBron? a little bit more in this game because this is like the time when you need him, the time when you need to save three touchdowns. And he's injured, still going out there and keeping, keeping it all together, keeping his composure together with the best of them in the fight. And I think that's that's. Well, I, I think it kind of showed the opposite. Not, I, you know, Rodgers is great, and he is a hero, and he's the reason we're a Super Bowl contender. But we played with a very hobbled version of him. Yes, if another quarterback takes that injury, he may not play. But if we have a healthy, let's say, Big Ben in there, I'd say that game goes very similarly. Rodgers was staying in the pocket. He was maneuvering, being smart about He's a genius, but he wasn't blowing anyone away with his throws. Rodgers isn't perfect. So, I mean, I just thought it showed that the, this Packers team is better than a lot of people give them credit for around Rodgers. Like, comparing them to the Seahawks, I just, watching the Bears beat up on the Seahawks, I just thought, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he could handle this as well as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was built to handle a terrible, shitty old line. I don't know that Rodgers, that, that was a, they're bad. He didn't have, like, any time in the pocket. Like, at least the Packers have a good old line and solid weapons. So, I thought that showed during the game. I think just the presence of Rodgers anywhere makes them a threat. Like, he doesn't, like, like he can he can hobble around and they'll still go, like, like 10-6, and 11-5 this year. And that team is a very bad team. They just had plenty of uh, momentum going uh, into the uh, second half against the Bears. But they could easily be 0-1-1 or even 0-2. Easy. What? Okay, but, you know, the Vikings should have lost to it. We played with the Vikings, is what I'm saying, with a hobble of Rodgers. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm saying the presence of Rodgers makes you a threat. That that was my point. Yeah, but I'm saying Rodgers wasn't the reason we tied that game. He, he played well. He didn't, Devontae Adams scored his touchdown by juking out Xavier Rhodes and Anthony Barr on the same play. Rodgers had time versus... The, probably the best defensive line in the league. He had time to throw the ball while not being able to escape. I'm just saying, this team isn't very bad. It's actually decent. It's average. It's middle. It's a it's a middle of the pack. You know, twenty to like fifteen. 
So if, if if Kaiser makes that start, do you guys play that well? To like See, that's not fair. That's not fair. Kaiser's really bad. I'm saying giving give us Kirk Cousins, and we're a well, Kirk Cousins is really good. Well, okay, name a name a feature quarterback. There's 15 guys you could name that you'd say maybe they're better than Kirk Cousins. I mean Matthew Stafford. I'll take him, and this team will still win nine to ten games. Not 11 to 12, maybe 13, but 9 to 10. It will be like the Bears, but with offense. We have weapons. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers last week went 30 of 42 with 281 and a touchdown. Uh, no picks, no fumbles. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I'm looking at that going like, oh, that's not Aaron Rodgers' best game. That's like, if Jay Cutler pulled that off, man. That was a celebration, you know. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying, Jake. I think it's just hard to find a replacement for that. He has so much value to that team. And yeah, even last week, it's like 30 of 42 with a touchdown. It's just sometimes it's not enough. But I agree with Colton, too, that that just shows that the rest of the team there isn't, isn't with the play standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's smashed by the Vikings to be had. But the Vikings might be the best team to win. So sure. I think we're mediocre without Rodgers. Yes, that okay. Well, we have the exact same point. I don't, I, I don't get where the argument came from. <laughs> I was, you said we were really bad without Rodgers, and I, I think that a good quarterback could win some good football games. Like Russell Wilson is not going to win much with that Seattle defense transitioning to the Bears because we can, because that team is is legitly bad. That is a bad football team. Yeah, their their old line is is dog shit. I uh, I said it last week that the Bears were going to live in that backfield. And I think they had what six, seven sacks. Um, watching the Bears defense is so exciting. We do get more into the Bears with with Eddie uh, later in the in the interview, so I won't give too much of of my thoughts. But Sam, what do you think of of the game Monday night? It was it was a huge day. Um, I. I was trying to gather my thoughts at the start of the day. What, what did we need to see? What did what would make this game uh, incredible? I thought they were going to come out flat. To be honest with you, I think last week was so emotional, such a such a heartbreaking loss that you you have to be prepared. There has to be some type of turnaround. And that defense, you're right, Colton, looked phenomenal. It was suffocating. They they destroyed the Seahawks, and it was so much fun to watch. It was so cool. It was just like reliving that like 2006, 2007 defense. Alex Brown, Brian Erlach, like all these guys. <laughs> you you led with Alex Brown. <laughs> what up? You, you lead that defense with Alex Brown. Alex Brown was legit. Don't forget that. Um, but yeah, you know, it, was, it just felt like that. It was very cool. But what also felt like that is our quarterback situation. Um, I said that before. Um, I... I I, I'm a hater on Trubisky. I know I am. I don't mean to be. It's just I hated the value of... I, I hated that pick. I hated trading up. I hated the whole thing. And that was a huge, huge, huge game for him. Um, this season is solely dependent on how he plays moving forward. Um, it, the defense is clearly there. He's got the weapons. Um, he's got two running backs. There's, there's potential for a quarterback to come in and take this team to the playoffs. I, I feel like very average quarterbacks could. Mitch Trubisky is clearly not that guy just yet. He made so many judgment errors. He, he looked bad. He looked very bad. 
did you gain or lose confidence in Trubisky in, in that game? Oh After my God, that. it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. I lost so much. His worst throw wasn't even a pick. It was almost, it was that third, it was in the end zone. Oh uh, my God. That should have been a pick, but the uh, quarterback knocked it down when the safety was like right behind him. That was a terrible throw, both mentally that and physically. That was awful. I, I haven't seen a worse throw out of, out of a Chicago Bears quarterback in a while, and that's saying something. We've had a couple bad ones. Um, I just think that that was that was such a bad game on his part. He, he just he's he's got happy feet back there. He looks nervous. He poor judgment, and I mean. That, that stems from the first week. Here's now two straight weeks where I just don't feel confident with the guy we have back there. And it's unfortunate. We have pieces all around him. Um, yeah, a rookie head coach, but a coach that also you know led an amazing offense in Kansas City for the last however many years. This is something that should work, and it's not going to work if Mitch keeps playing like that. And again, this, this year solely depends on, on how he plays. We could be a playoff team, but um, I, we won't be because of Mitch Trubisky. That's a playoff defense, obviously. That's going to be a top five defense, likely, with Khalil Mack. But I would agree. Well, how does Trubisky look so good on some plays then? He looked, yeah, I would say definitely I lost confidence that he'll be a good quarterback. That game, I, I'm not, it's not gone. And I just say, when he rolled out and, and threw to his left for that last touchdown, I was so That's pumped because of the whole left, left side of the field stats, but that, that play just looked so good. It did, and, and that one where he broke, he broke out of the pocket and hit Tariq Cohen for, like, a big first down. Another huge play by him. He looked like Aaron fucking Rodgers. But well, that's the thing, though, is it's like he has those, like, wow factors, like he's those like, wow what? moments. Two yeah, times. He, he's got a thick arm. He's got mobility. He's got the speed. He can break away when needed, and it's like, wow, that looks really good. But that's not what makes a quarterback, you know. That's like that's like fifty percent of it, if that even, because the other part of it is judgment, and he he has no, he's not good at that. He's clearly shown that in two straight weeks, and this is something that I thought of. Now, Colton, please please hold me back. I know I'm just shitting on him right now, but last year people were saying, oh, he wasn't utilized enough. Is John Fox just that much of a forward thinker that he knew? Holy shit, this guy isn't very good. <laughs> you, you you're giving John Fox credit for his play call. <laughs> no, I mean not really, but I'm just saying it's it's hard to see him growing um, and developing so much more because the spots where he needs to grow and develop in are really, really, really tough. Um, he's got the arm, he's got uh, the speed, he's got these little things that you're like, wow, this guy could be a quarterback, and then put him in game mode, and it's just not there. It's also the tough uh, because because when you look, if you if you compared. KC's offense and the Bears' offense, weapon-wise and style-wise, they couldn't be closer out of any other other team in in the whole league. Chicago's offense, both like schematically and weapons-wise, and just everybody is is KC. And now and now Mahomes is setting records. He almost has as many as many touchdowns as Mitch does in his whole career through two starts. He's looking. He's looking amazing. The exact same draft. It's tough to swallow if this is what's going to happen. He has it's more very tough. He has more touchdowns. He had six this week, and how many? Four or five. He has. Mitch he has, has ten total. Seven. Mitch has like um, nine. No, nine. I, I. Oh, look at that. He might have nine. He really might. It might be nine. Because he had seven last year. He's got two right now. Fuck yeah. So he did pass him. And uh, let's not forget, Mahomes had three starts. 
So he did start the last game of the season, so it's not you know as crazy. But um, I think also KC has the best weapons in the league. Tyree Kill is amazing, and, and I think it's a little it, Travis Kelsey is better than anybody on the Bears. He's better than Allen Robinson in my opinion. You know, Allen Robinson is the best weapon on the Bears, and he would be like the fourth option, including Kareem Hunt on the K, on KC. So Trubisky isn't like drowning in riches like Mahomes is. And I think the changes he needs to make don't exactly come over a season. They come over an off season or two seasons. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. I, don't I, agree. I agree with you, but here's the thing. is You don't draft a guy. You don't trade up to draft a guy to come in and be a game manager. You don't draft a guy. Um, that high and expect him to do kind of just the average. Like, you don't want him to be a 15, 16, middle-of-the-pack quarterback. You expect this guy to come in and give you something that you haven't seen in a while. And that's what we drafted him to do, and so far, that's not what we've gotten. It's actually very far from it. Uh, and that's what's disappointing. I get what you're saying. These guys need time to develop. And hey, if it's a late first round, second round, third round guy, all the time you need, man. All the time you need. We draft a guy at two, and you would expect him to come in and, and, and play like a guy that's going to be a top ten quarterback pretty quickly. And he his decision making is that of a guy that sits at the bench. Um, that's fair, but uh, like I said, leading into the interview, Eddie, does, does Trubisky need to be a top ten quarterback for this team to win? I don't think so. It's not. It's not even so much about that. It's just about. I agree. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I just think that when you do draft a guy that high, there are certain expectations. Um, he win a Super Bowl and never be a top ten quarterback and be the greatest Bears quarterback of all time in everyone's opinion. So right now you're saying top ten quarterback, and that's that's understandable. He's not in the top twenty five picture right now. He's really and not. Yeah, so let's, you know, I think we need to develop from 25 to 20 to 15 to hopefully 10 at some point, but I don't think it's going to get there. I think this is going to be something where if he doesn't progress by the end of the year, um, I think this, not this offseason, obviously you let him go again, but um, this this is a team that looks like they could be very ready to win, and it would be really, really hard as a Bear fan to sit back and and see this talent kind of go to waste because of our quarterback. You don't really have the picks to uh, get a quarterback that would replace him, and you don't really have the money after paying Khalil Mack. You know, there's, you, there's a quarterback out there. I have Colton. If you had to go after a quarterback right now who's a free agent, who are you going after? Who do you plug in that fits this perfectly? Aaron Murray. Yeah. Uh, well, he fits everything perfectly. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Colin Kaepernick's out there. <laughs> Ever heard of him? <laughs> Seriously, when, it, when it's kind of desperate times, desperate measures, these, you know, we, we look good. We have this team. Why not make something out of it? Full win now mode from Sam. Not win now mode, but I would say wait. Um, you know, hopefully he progresses. If, it, if at the end of the year we see, you know, nothing, why waste the talent that we have? Well, I think this is a good time to do a kick it over to our interview with Eddie. Uh, so here is Barstool Eddie. Now welcome on a very, very special guest. After a hot week of Chicago Bear football, we have 
Barstool Sports Chicago Bears contributor and co-host of the hottest, second hottest podcast in Illinois behind Life in 815, obviously. We have Barstool Eddie. Let's let's hear it for him. Woo! We have a live studio audience. It's huge. There we go, guys. Thanks for the, uh, that was quite the reception. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Thank you for coming on, Eddie. Um, we, we can just start off um, from last night. Um, you you uh, recorded Redline Radio and your, your episode dropped today, but after a whole night, um, how do you feel about last night? I feel great, man. Honestly, a lot of people were down. It was kind of hit or miss from who I talked to. So I shouldn't say a lot of people, but it was, it was pretty It was pretty 50-50. Some people were just happy we won. Some people were, uh, you know, they were discouraged with Mitch and everything. But I feel good, man. We're playing competitive football. There's, we're only two weeks in the season. And I said this on the show uh, yesterday that dropped today, that it's like the difference between this, this team being a lovey team is that those two the quarterbacks were in year three and year four. This is, to me, Trubisky's first year, so there's really no time to panic yet. Like, I get there's some things you didn't like what you see, and I agree, I didn't like some things either. But overall, I feel really good right now. That's a good point. I was going to ask you for a, uh, I was going to ask you for a Trubisky heat check, because I heard a lot of bad things. I heard a lot of good things from Bears fans. Um how do you so you're feeling still confident Trubisky? Uh, he's got after those two interceptions, but he still won the game. Uh, what's your overall feeling? And it, you know, there's getting a lot of uh, Mahomes talk, and obviously the Watson comparisons will never stop. Where do you uh, do you feel anything towards those guys? It's tough, man, because it really depends what kind of Bears fan you are, right? Is either either pessimistic, you're either you're either glass half full or glass half empty, and right now. Uh, just with this defense and, uh, you know, being so close to beat the Packers and getting that win yesterday, I'm kind of a glass-half-full guy right now. Of course, of course, I'm a little jealous of Patrick Mahomes. I cannot lie. I think that's okay, though. Look how much that guy – nobody's towards the scene like he has. But that doesn't mean that Mitch can't be good. I mean, I don't know. Who, who knows? It's, it, the, the sample size is so small. And rather than comparing it to him, to be a little glass half full here, let's compare it to someone else. Let's compare it to Wentz and Goff, who was in their first year, which I, like I said, I'm going to reiterate so people don't think I'm speaking incorrect. But to me, this is Mitch's first year, where they struggled their first year, they came back, and they, they came back really strong. So uh, if you look at that, those two guys are, you know, one one was on a Super Bowl team, didn't play in the Super Bowl, but it's a damn good quarterback, and the other guy is probably maybe the best team in the NFL right now. Follow-up question. Does it even matter if Mitch is just an average quarterback with the defense the Bears have been putting out? Do you guys need more than average? Because average will put him among the all-time greats in the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you want him to be above average because it's just really hard to win a Super Bowl with, with just an average quarterback. I mean, it's possible. It's going to be possible to get there. It's going to, the, the playoffs are certainly possible. But at the end of the day, you got to be, you got to be competent. You got to be better than you were last night. You got to be better than you were week one. And you just got to keep improving and sticking throws that, that he wasn't hitting. Uh, so far that we've seen in the season, but uh, I'd lean to go above average, though. So Jake actually brought up um, average uh, Trubisky career might put up might put him up top Bears all time quarterbacks. Can you give me the all time Eddie Barstool Bears quarterback Mount Rushmore? Oh, all time Bears quarterback Mount Rushmore. Uh, obviously, 
Jim McMahon, who's only Super Bowl, he gets the first mention for me. Uh, number two, statistic wise, I guess we got to go Jay, right? I like Jay. I think I think he was uh, he took a little bit too much criticism, but at the time he definitely did deserve. Uh, he did deserve a lot of criticism as well. Besides that, man, it's, can I do two? Like, can we do like a, a two? You know, you know, two two type deal because it's pretty clean. Besides that, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's honestly not that many rules on this podcast. So just <laughs> do whatever the hell you want. Cordell Stewart, maybe toss him on there. To me, I'll go Jim Miller. I think we could have won that playoff game in 2001 uh, if he didn't get hurt. And then lastly, let's go. Let's go, Kyle Orton. He had some good days, right? Oh, Kyle Orton, what a beauty! He's my favorite character quarterback. Um, so you got a good chance to look at uh, both the division competition this week with the, the Packers and Vikings coming down to a tie over time. What are your feelings on the Bears' division chances or even uh, wild card chances? What, what's after two weeks? How do you feel about the win total? So I actually I was just looking through that. So if we look at through the schedule, boys, I think I think just just looking up at the opposite, we lost to the Packers once. Say we lose to the Packers again. We lose to the Vikings twice, worst case scenario. We lose to the Rams because they look really good. And then we lose to the Patriots. I think I think we line up well against those other nine teams. We're ten and six is still a very strong possibility, give or take a few, because you, obviously, you know, shit happens, you never know. I like ten six. Ten six sounds awesome. Yeah, man, that's kinda that's kinda where I'm at right now, that's what I'm talking myself into it. Who knows? Like I think we could definitely, I think we could definitely beat Green Bay. It's over the field. I think, you know, I think we could give the Vikings a good run, but I'm really high on them. I think the Vikings are really damn good. Uh, fun fact: the Bears are 500 for the first time since 2014. So 10 and six would be a very bright horizon for the Bears. That's for sure. Yeah, and that set my expectations high. Obviously, to be clear, like if we go eight and eight, if we go nine and seven, I don't think that's a lost season. To me, it's it's, it's improvement. Next season, of course, I expect playoffs. We essentially have the same team locked up, minus uh, Adrian Amos, who plays a big part of the defense. But with the same team coming back and, and getting some growth from uh, year one and year two with this core. That's what I'm really got my sights set high on what, what I want to do with this team. But as of right now, uh, I mean, anything's an improvement, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but, Eddie, you bring up the Bears could have beaten the Packers at Lambeau, and you virally had two um, updates, one at halftime, one post game, and I have never related to anything more in my life. Uh, give us, give us how you feel about that. Looking back, like, do you do you regret it, or or do you like to own up to to where you were on on the on the Bears post two updates during week one? I don't regret it one bit, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that first half was the funnest half of football that we've seen in about five years. That was said. Uh, I said this in red line too. That that was the most fun I had watching football, dating back to the year when the Bears beat uh, Trestman's second year when the Bears beat the Niners in San Francisco in Week Two, and that was when the Niners were coming off their Super Bowl appearance. So that was a huge win. We thought we obviously thought the Bears had a, had a really good team, and we thought they had a chance to make a push. It didn't work out like we thought, but uh, that was the most fun I had. I, I ran out immediately. As soon as Mac uh, scored, it was probably 43 seconds still on the clock. I immediately ran out. I watched the game with my buddies, and I ran into a spare bedroom and recorded that video. I didn't even watch the rest of the half. And I didn't see. I, I don't even know what happened. I like it. It was it was just pure emotion 
Uh, and as I just saw the game going by, the video was just in the back of my head the whole time. Like, oh shit! Like, I don't even want to. I don't even want to check Twitter. You know. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was uh, blowing up for you. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was, and uh, it uh, it didn't work out. It was. Uh, I wish the result would have been different, but um, I don't know. I have no. Uh, I have no apologies for my for my raw emotion that day when Khalil uh, Mack absolutely demolished the Packers. All gas, no break out of you. I like it. All gas, no breaks, man. <laughs> um, I know you're a Bears fan through and through, Bears 100%, but you're also a full-on Chicago guy. Uh, would you trade Kyle Fuller making that interception for the Cubs falling into the wild card to the Brewers, a Wisconsin-Chicago trade? So we would uh, we would play them in the wild card, or we would lose the wild card. You you would go to the wild card, and the Brewers would win the division, or Kyle Fuller picks it off and takes it to the house. Oh man, that's a good question. Who do we play in the wild card? The Cardinals, or do we play uh, the Dodgers? Dodgers. I'll take my chance. I'll take big game John, or I'll take uh, or I'll take Cole Hamels just to be two and zero and beat the Packers. <laughs> I gotta say, and it was not an easy choice. Because obviously the wild card game is one thing anything could happen, but uh, man, that Packers game that was just that was too tough to swallow after after that first half. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that uh, that uh, decision is easier after seeing the Cubs win so recently. Yes, if there's don't get me wrong, Cubs don't win the World Series in sixteen. Of course, I'm going playoffs over a, a week one game that might not have any bearing. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so you have birthed the uh, nickname Munch for Jordan Howard, but after one week, it has it, ha- it hasn't caught on as much. And this week on uh, Redline Radio, uh, they said that you, um, Eddie, will become Munch. Would you rather Would you rather be Munch, or would you rather have that stick with uh, Jordan Howard? I re- listen. The problem is, is I love the nickname for Munch. What do you guys think? You guys like it or what? I love it. I, I mean, uh, it's yeah. perfect. I think it's perfect. Yeah, so I, I love it, but the problem is they're not giving them the ball as much as they should. So it's kind of hard to be much if you're not scoring and you're not really doing nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got uh, you got to uh, make some make some phone calls or get get Ryan Pace on the line, get get Mad Nagy on the line, strictly for the uh, t-shirt sales. Exactly. So we're waiting for that one big game that Jordan Howard is going to have. It's going to come soon. It's going to come at some point, and then as soon as that come, I think I feel good about much. I think it's going to. I think it will stick. Uh, I, I think we'll get in there. I feel like I've been hearing the Bears fans asking uh, to give Jordan Howard the ball more every single year he's been in the league. But uh, it's, it's not a bad idea. Um, no. Think the whole NFL. How do you feel about the new sack rule, seeing it come into play so much? I know it hasn't affected the Bears very much this year, but it likely will. How are you feeling about that? And the NFL? I don't know. That, uh, that Clay Matthews, as much as I hate the Packers, that Clay Matthews was tough to watch. I, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't think that's right. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to be, to, to be really emotional about it after you know, like you said, it hasn't truly, truly affected us yet. Uh, but once it does, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll get a little fired up about it. But uh, it's, it's just, it, it, I don't know what else he could have done. I, I truly don't know what else he could have done. So Jake is actually asking that because he's he's our he's our Packer fan on our on our panel. I was trying to, I was trying to keep that a secret through the whole. <laughs> so Eddie, what do you have to say to Jake as a Packer fan? Be as brutal as you can. Oh, Jake, where are you from? Where, 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 what's the dynamic? 
We're in Rockford, Illinois. My dad was born in Wisconsin. We're about five minutes from the border of Wisconsin. So I live equidistant to Chicago and Milwaukee. So I was always, I'm a half-bred. I also am a White Sox fan, so I, I get a lot of on the show. Uh, rather White Sox than Cardinals, I'll say that. But, you know, honestly, I wish I could sit here, Jake, and shit on you. I really do. But uh, being so close, being in Rockford and being so close to Wisconsin, I think you do have a little bit of a, little bit of a choice. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's really on you. I can't, I mean, I, I guess it's worked out for you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been a great choice. I'm not a bandwagon guy. I never will be. So, I'm, I'm go, I'll go down with the ship if it ever goes down. Yeah, I mean, just don't worry. Someday Aaron Rodgers will be gone, brother. <laughs> Eddie, That's all right. So here is a uh, here's a bet that I've that I've made that Jake actually sh- uh, shits on me pretty often. I have a one hundred to one bet at me putting up a hundred dollars that I think Trubisky is going to win a, a Super Bowl before Rodgers wins his second. What do you think? A hundred to one for a hundred dollars. Hundred to one for a hundred dollars. Um... You bet this? Who'd you bet this with? I bet with uh, one of my one of my buddies who who comes from from quite a bit of money, and I have seen him throw out more money for uh, worse reasons. Hey, listen, I love the bet. I mean, that's the, uh, I'm all in. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it, man. Listen, I think Rogers is really really going to struggle to stay healthy in the later end of his career. He's already proven that he he keeps getting nicked up. He doesn't look healthy right now. I mean, how many more seasons can he waste? He's what thirty five, Jake. Yeah, he's thirty-five, turning it. Thirty-five? I don't know, man. I, I'm uh, I'd be a little worried just for the sake of Rogers. I want to see him stay on the field a little bit, and then Trubisky. Obviously, he's got a he's got a ways to go, but there's just more more potential seasons in my eyes. And it's been a long time since Rogers won that first one. Everyone's been waiting for the second one. I, I don't know if it ever comes. I, I really don't. Uh, back to the Bears only. I want to hear who is your favorite Bear of all time. And if he's a main guy, who's your favorite obscure bear of all time? Oh, I, I like this question. So, probably my favorite bear of all time is, 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 a, is a tough question, but I, overall, I probably have to go with uh, Owen Cruz. I'm a, I'm a big guy. I, I played center in high school. I played center in grammar school. Uh, it was my position. The guy was just a not, no nonsense. He was the leader of the locker room, team captain, uh, pro ball center, like just literally the epitome of a mean motherfucker. Sorry, I don't know if we can swear on this or not. Yeah, you can you can swear and, and say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Fuck, 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 fuck. fuck. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, he's just the epitome of a mean motherfucker. Who he just he's just a cornerstone of a locker room that every team needs. So uh, that's probably that's probably out of the ordinary answer. But uh, I gotta say, Ola Cruz is my number one favorite player of all time. Yeah, we actually had Patrick Manley on um, a few months ago, and he said that that Cruz was was the absolute center of, of that locker room. And if he wasn't there, the Bears don't have any uh, success during that time. There we go. I think Patrick Manley would know a little bit, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and obscure. You know, I really loved uh, – I don't know if you guys are ever uh, – you guys ever go to the horseshoe at Hammond, Indiana? Uh, not, not that I know of. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a casino in Hammond, Indiana, 
one of the best spots because the best part about going is everywhere you go, every time you go, you're going to get an obscure Bears jersey. Like, just, just, a, just a random guy, you know, just like a, a, this, uh, Eric Kramer, you know, you'll just get a random punter, a Brad Maynard jersey. Just There's always something, there's always something random. And uh, my favorite random one, and probably my favorite obscure Bear, would probably be R.W. McCorders. R.W. McCorders, yeah. Yeah, I remember growing up, he had a ton of, like, anti-drug posters all over Rockford. Well, there you go. Did it work off of Rockford, though? I don't know how we're holding up up there. <laughs> he was single-handedly trying to save the city, so thank you, R.W. McCorders. Yeah, we got people up there, you know, getting high and going on going to Magic Waters and riding down the fucking water slides. Shout out to Magic Waters. Why does everyone know that place? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm from Chicago. We used to come up there and go down the water slides. Man, well, I, I actually live in a... Um, in uh, Milwaukee up here, and when people ask where I'm from, I'll say Rockford, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, Magic Water. So, like, I don't get how this place has such a reach. Well, it's like, you know, when you drive into Rockford, I went to this past winter, I think I went to Galena. That's through Rockford, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you drive through, and, like, Magic Waters is, like, the first thing that hits you right in the eyeball when you get off the highway, you know? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Shout out to Magic Waters. Uh, shoot us a uh, sponsorship if you want. I don't care. Give me a call. Yeah, it's been uh, a live show from Magic Waters. Oh, man, that's what the people want right there. <laughs> it would be our live I would also like to say that the most popular jersey in all of Rockford is Johnny Knox. I see one of those at least once a week, which is unbelievable for how long he's been out of the league. Hey, I don't hate that. If he doesn't get bent up like a folding table, he can still be running routes out there. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, so how about a uh, quick uh, preview of the Arizona Cardinals next week? How are you feeling about that game? Seems like a similar matchup to this uh, Seahawks game. Oh, man, listen. It's the NFL, guys, so I don't want to jump ahead of myself ever. Because it's a, any given Sunday, I, I do believe that, but the Arizona Cardinals are really, really bad. <laughs> They're Sam, so bad. <laughs> Sam Bradford, you know he had 90 passing yards this week? Last week? <laughs> he gets paid like $20 million a year, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, it's insane how this guy, people keep trotting him out there like he's somebody. It's insane. They're really, really bad. I think they're one of the two worst teams. I'm in the Bills. I don't want to say that this might be a chance for the Bears to kind of open up the playbook a little bit because obviously we haven't seen everything because you can't take any team lightly. But I am going to say it as well. So uh, <laughs> if, if, if the Bears lose this, uh, pay your buddy that bet now. And uh, and 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 uh, the, the, my ten and six prediction. I mean, we we might not win another game after that. So uh, I, I I just I just don't see how we lose this one. Uh, it, yeah, it would it would for sure be tough. Um, I think listening to uh, you guys on on Redline Radio after that loss would be would be a very depressing way to start the week. But um, Redline Radio has has been growing. It's it's now officially picked up by Barstool. Um, do you think any any um, pro athletes listen to a Redline Radio and have any of them reached out to you? Yeah, we actually. It's kind of funny you say that. We were tweeting with uh, Thomas Jones this uh, this afternoon. He's going to come on the show. It sounds like um, we've had Rick Hahn on the show because it went through. I don't know how long you guys have been listening, but. We kind of went through a little shuffling period. It started off just Carl and White Sox, Dave. They kind of did their thing with the Bears and I mean with the with the Cubs and the White Sox, and uh, then they brought in Chief and I to do Blackhawks, Bulls, and Bears. And uh, but when it was just them two, they had Rick Hahn, the GM of the White Sox. So I mean that's a great get. 
you know, hopefully, you know, you, I'm sure you follow along, you follow Big Cat and everything. You see his reach with people he knows. So uh, we're hoping to get work some of those guys in, and uh, we should have definitely have some uh, have some big time players in Chicago coming out at some point. Do you guys have like a white whale that that you really want? I mean, of course, my white whale. I would love that discon. You know, <laughs> that would like, be electric. That's just that's just natural. You, you always want that, even though he's like. He's kind of off the handle now, and he, you know, he might not be like all there still. But yeah. it just we, you always want to talk to the guy. Is one of the biggest legends in the city of all time. So, who's your current Bears uh, white whale? Is it Pace or Trubisky? Would you rather interview? Uh, I don't know how interesting Trubisky would be, to be honest with you. You know? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. seems he seems pretty a uh, uh, cookie cutter when it comes to doing stuff like that. Yeah, like I want someone who's really gonna who's really gonna cut it loose with us. I guess let me think here for a second. I, I I'll tell you I am happy I, I never would wanna talk to Martellus Bennett. I know people like that would be like a hot answer a couple of years ago, but I thought yeah. that guy sucks. <laughs> As a Packer fan, I can fully endorse that fuck Martellus Bennett. Yeah, that's great. See, that's something that's something we could uh, we could uh, have in common here, Jake. He's bringing the world together, Martellus Bennett, Packer fan and a Bear fan alike. Yeah. Martellus Bennett, what a guy! Um, yeah, he really is. That, that's that's tough to do too, you know. Thank you, Martellus. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, last question that I have. Um, I'm always curious. How often do you do you read or get pissed at at commenters on on your blogs on Barstool? I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody reads them. Anybody who says they don't read them, I mean, maybe there's a few guys that don't read them. Uh, but the thing is, you got to take it with a grain of salt, man. You just you don't know who that is. And, and I'll tell you what: if you, if you just think the odds are that half those people commented, you're better off than them. And you just kind of got to have that mindset and just kind of brush it off. And it's you know, it, it takes a little bit to get used to. Don't get me wrong. I've been with Barcel for five years now, and I didn't always have this mindset. You know. Like, like uh, when you first start off, you're like, oh, oh, shit, you know, this and that. Like, they pointed this out or they're criticizing that or maybe uh, that I do this wrong. But, like, you just got to let it go, man. You just got to understand that there's going to be people that are going to talk shit. And uh, that's just kind of what it takes. And uh, just kind of go with it, to be honest. All right. Well, as soon as we start getting comments, we will definitely take that advice to heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got to, man. You know, a lie from the a one five. Just, just, just tell him the fuck off, bro. Just, just, just. <laughs> we'll, we'll do, man. We'll do. Well, well Eddie, that is that is all we have for you. Uh, I'm sure you have prepared a ton of questions for us. Are there any that we haven't answered for you? So what? So you guys, uh, you guys basically just argue about Bears on here, Bears, Bears, Packers, or what? Well, so um, I'm a Cubs fan, Bears fan. Jake is a Packers fan, White Sox fan. And uh, we have a, a third co-host who is a Bulls fan, and me and Jake are both Bucks fans. So we usually argue about every sport in uh, some way, and then we do like a recap of, um, of like the uh, whole league. Good, that's a good dynamic, you guys. So what do I got to know about Jabari Parker? Ooh. Oh, I, well, he's a total liability on defense, but he'll be the most fun part about watching Bulls this year, probably. Besides yeah. Laurie Marketing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was happy we got him. I mean, like I, like I said, I wrote a blog that he, the guy wants to be here, and that's part of it. And uh, I just, I was just interested from a, uh, a Bucks fan perspective because it's got to be kind of tough, man. A number two pick, I, uh, 
I definitely, I definitely feel feel uh, your guys' pain on that. Yeah, I did not want him to leave, but I also didn't want to pay him. So it's just one of those things. Um, I mean, best of luck in the, in the Chicago. It'd be cool to see a, a Chicago guy uh, uh, bring the Bulls back, but an, another Chicago boy with uh, with knee issues has to be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's all we got. We got no ACLs between him and Zach Levine. <laughs> yeah. Our our uh, third co-host is uh, probably the biggest Derrick Rose fan that I've ever seen of or heard of, and we have a a, a weekly segment called the uh, Derrick Rose Update, and it it usually brings him to to tears. So we have we have oh, plenty. Man. Plenty. I'm sorry, I can just hear it in your voice. It's it's a lot like Sam's voice when we bring it up. It's it's something. That's his name, Sam. Sam, yeah, Sam kind of shot to Sam. Couldn't be here, but he's he's probably right now looking up Derrick Rose highlights from his from his like high school days. That's Sam. Uh, you know what? He played a little better in the playoffs last year. I was happy to see that. But uh, just don't go down that YouTube rabbit hole, man. It's just <laughs> nothing but depression. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam hasn't smiled in like four years because of that rabbit hole. I get it. I, I completely get it, Sam. I, I I've been there. It's a dark place. It's all right, though. We got we got baby Dirk. We got uh, Wendell Carter. We're, uh, we're we're turning the corner here, guys. On that too. Well, Eddie, thank you so much. Um, all gas, no brakes. Bear down, Eddie Barstool. Everybody, thank you, buddy. All gas, no brakes. Jake Colton, thanks, guys. Of course, have a good one. All right, what an interview. What an interview, Stanley. A lot of. Uh... You know, to end on a positive note for the Bears fans, because Sam really brought them all down. <laughs> yeah, Sam, um, what did you think of him talking you down from the uh, from the uh, Derrick Rose uh, depression rabbit hole? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, one, I've never been depressed about Derrick Rose because why would you be when he's been the top five player in the league? But yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, so, moving on to other NFL news, the Steelers might have a shit show on their hands. Uh, Antonio Brown tweets kind of jokingly about a trade, and then he misses Monday practice. So, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I think the Steelers are showing that they're falling apart right now. I think it's been held together with Lou for years now. You've had you have giant personalities clashing with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Big Ben is a fucking diva. I mean, he absolutely is. It's undeniable. So, Mike Tomlin has done a great job of being honest, of holding it all together. And it's just it's just time for it to collapse. Everyone's, like, ready is sick of it. And Mike Tomlin's speeches have gotten old because he's been there for so long. You know, so they're just tired of hearing it. I mean, it, it, it's been obvious. They've been acting out forever. Remember when Antonio Brown was... Facebook living during Mike Tomlin's post-playoff game speech. Like, he was hiding in the corner, Facebook living. Like, they don't respect him anymore. They're still great players. They're just falling apart. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is probably, might never play for the Steelers again, and that might be a good idea. I think the Steelers, it wouldn't be a terrible idea, in my opinion, to trade Le'Veon Bell and A.B. right now. No one's going to trade for Big Ben. He'll probably retire if you trade for Stu. But you, your defense is terrible. Your offense has a shot. You have Future Smith-Schuster, who's a legit stud. So you still have a receiver. I mean, he's young and a stud. He was one of the youngest players in the league. He's still 21. You can try to build while he develops in the year next Antonio Brown. 
Yeah, I, I heard somebody say that it's not um, – I can't believe I'm spacing on their coach right now. Why I just spaced – you just said it. I, I heard um, Antonio Brown stuck in my head. What was that? Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Tomlin. I heard that people were blaming it on him and yada, yada, or it's not, you know. They were comparing it to other coaches that have long tenures as well, like Marvin Lewis. Here's the thing. Marvin Lewis has turnover, like, every single year. Like, they have, like, a couple guys that have been with that team for a while, but there's there's a lot of turnover. Um, Mike Tomlin's been stuck with these guys for a while. I think Big, Big Ben's been out of the picture for the last, like, three years. Um, he's got a lot of weapons that make him better. And, yeah, I agree. I think Le'Veon probably needs to go. I'd, I wouldn't sign Le'Veon. Not to a long-term. Running backs are, are all out. Like, there's there's always a running back out there for you. Um, Le'Veon Bell, whatever. I mean, guys have gotten – I mean, I would sign him to a Todd Gurley – David Johnson level contract. I mean, why not? He is that level, but he's asking for more than that. And uh, yeah, I think the Steelers are in trouble. Yeah. Um, isn't he like 28, Bell? Yeah, he's like uh, yeah. 28, 29. Yeah. I don't. I don't give him anything over two years. He's he's literally just gonna fall off. Like he'll still be good, but he won't be worth the money that you're giving him after two years. Not even close. I totally agree. Totally. Yeah, but if you get him for a four-year contract, you can maybe make it not fully guaranteed. You can get the two years out of him, and then maybe he is like a Frank or a Sean McCoy, one of these guys who are durable for past their thir- in their thirties. Maybe he is one of those guys, and then you have him for two more years for probably less money because who wouldn't front-load a running back? You know, it, it, I think it's worth a shot for the Colts, the Jets, the somebody. You know, why not? People have cap room. Not everyone is pressed up against the cap right now. But I wouldn't waste the cap room on somebody who's good for, like, maybe one season. Especially when you're trying, when you're at the point when it's probably going to be, um, you know, a, a whole developing new new team here in a couple of years. Like you're going to have to scratch what you have going right now because it's not going to be there. Why sign a guy? Why put a guy uh, um, in a contract like that? I, I agree with Colts. I, I wouldn't tell him. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, like he has been, but he's he's also got a lot of like miles on his tires, and he's like like running backs just fall off like that. It happens all the time. I, I would not. <laughs> I would not put all my chips into a basket on like one running back with a big ass contract. Even that even was a if bad you do relationship too. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, let's be honest. If he's only asking for like two million more than Sammy Watkins is getting paid in Kansas City right now. I would rather have two years of Le'Veon Bell and then maybe two down years for Le'Veon Bell than anything Sammy Watkins is giving me. So I don't think it's that crazy. People give crazy contracts to playmakers. You know what? It's a, it's a bad relationship. They used him and they abused him. Absolutely. Uh, and he and he wants he wants his revenge and uh, he wants his money. He wants to get paid. I say uh, break all ties. Let this one go. Start fresh. Uh, find somebody else. Um. So so Jake, you actually uh, bring up Frank Gore. Um. Did you guys know Frank Gore is what is he third all time in uh, rushing yards? He yeah. just passed somebody, didn't he? He's sixth. He is sixth all time. I, I think he's fourth. He's fourth. <laughs> he's fourth. We have Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Frank Gore, and Curtis Martin. Would you put Frank Gore in in this caliber of uh, running back? Not even close. Isn't, My question was: Would you put Would you put Curtis Martin in that caliber? I mean, I think, again, very good. 
But would you consider Curtis Martin or Frank Gore to be a part of that top three? Curtis Martin also had receiving yards. Frank Gore has just been the king of longevity. Thousand yard season after thousand yard season. So, I mean, that's great and that's very valuable. But if you're taking someone in their prime, you know, there's obviously you take Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson. There's 20 running backs I would take. I was going to say 15. 15 to 20 running backs I would take over Frank Gore. Cedric Benson. (laughs) Definitely not Cedric Benson. Packer legend Cedric Benson. Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones. Oh, God. Yeah. Give me some of that. A-Train Anthony Thomas, don't forget. A-Train, baby. Oh, man. Who would you rather have, Thomas Jones or Jordan Howard? Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones. Damn. I'm going to say Jordan Howard, but that's a good question. Is what that answer told me. That's a good question. Um, he, well, speaking of uh, Frank Gore, and I mean, honestly, he's probably like a first or second ballot Hall of Famer, which is uh, like obnoxiously ridiculous. Um, I went down a huge rabbit hole last night watching the Bears game. Um, after I saw that uh, Frank Gore stat, basically right after that, Brandon Marshall caught a pass. And I was thinking, like, how like how good do you think of uh, uh, Brandon Marshall's like uh, career yards are? Like, if you guys had to had to throw out how many career receiving yards get like is like a automatic Hall of Famer? What would you say? Uh, probably ten to fifteen thousand. Yeah. Okay, so we'll say we'll say ten thousand then. Ten thousand gets you in a uh, in a uh, Hall of Fame range. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna list off some some names here, and you say yes or no for is he a Hall of Famer? Chad Johnson. Oh man, he had the coat and everything. I'm gonna say no. Um, he fizzled out too quickly. Yeah, I will say no, but barely. Brandon Marshall. I would say no. He had some really, really good years. I, th- I, I, I think where you're going with this is going to surprise some people. I want to hear this stat. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say yes, but barely. <laughs> you're saying Brandon Marshall's all fair. Um, and Quan Bolden. Yeah. Yes. Longevity king, just like Frank Gore. Oh, man. Musin Muhammad. My gut says no, but since you're listing him here, I'd say he probably has a shit ton of yards, but I'm going to say no. Say no. Steve Smith. Yes. Yes. So Chad Johnson has eleven thousand yards, and he oh, and he is the lowest total on this list. All right. I mean, that's, that's a, he fizzled out too quickly. But uh, Musin Muhammad eleven thousand four hundred. Brandon Marshall twelve thousand. Bolden thirteen. Steve Smith fourteen. Some like like people always say ten thousand yards is like is like really good, and that's. Exactly what I thought. Musi Muhammad has eleven thousand yards. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That, that's the craziest thing I've 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 come across in years, in decades. <laughs> what did my Thirteen thousand seven hundred seventy-nine. He's fourteenth all time. Steve Smith is eighth all time. Wow. So you were reading like the fifteenth. Like what? What's Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall's twenty-second. 22nd all time. I guess we're, I, I mean, truly though, we're in a, we're in a passer's lead now. It's, it's kind of different than what it was back then, but 
hey man, 12,000 yards, 12,000 plus yards and probably what, 11, 12, 13 years? That's no joke. That's that's consideration. Maybe not a Hall of Famer, but that's consideration. Here's here's um, a few more names that I thought was funny. O.J. Simpson, people consider like like a top 10 uh, like like running back of all time. Um, 2,404 rushing yards, uh, 21st all time. Um, a couple names <laughs> inside the, the top 20, Corey Dillon and Steven Jackson. Uh, Would you say either of those two are Hall of Famers? Uh, no, but let's not forget O.J. Simpson was cut out in his prime. Not really, but when he was, he, he shut down after his, uh, when he was 29. And O.J. Simpson had a 2,000-yard season. <gasps> Well, you know, that, that, if you have a 2,000-yard season, you're probably a Hall of Famer. I guess. But, well, uh, I don't know. That's, that's a legit Hall of Famer. Who? What about Calvin Johnson? I bet you he's not at many yards. No, he's no, he was only at, like, 10,000. Yeah, is he, is he a Hall of Famer? I'd say so. I think so. He a higher peak. I think so. Because he, like, retired, like, basically at his peak. He was 30, and he had 1,200 yards, and then he retired. So, yeah, that's nuts. But uh, yeah, coming across that Corey Dillon and Steven Jackson had more rushing yards than OJ, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty great. So yeah, so that is this week in Are These Guys Hall of Famers? Um, moving on, another stat that I saw on uh, on Twitter is Khalil Max numbers versus the entire Raiders defense numbers through a through a two weeks. We have. Khalil Mack, two sacks. The Raiders, two sacks. Force fumbles, Khalil Mack is up 2-1. to one. Interceptions, Khalil Mack is tied 1-1. to one. Um, Fumbles recovered and touchdowns, Mack has one. The Raiders' defense has zero. So I think that's just um, some some two-week hilarity so far in this uh, Khalil Mack trade. Yeah, I mean, any, time, any chance to get the shit on John Gruden is a good opportunity to shit on John Gruden. It's only it's gonna be rude here shortly. Like it's gonna be out of line just because he's so far in the hole right now that it's 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 like you're just picking on somebody everybody can pick on. It's no longer fun. They almost beat the Broncos this week. Um, speaking of that, another fun stat. You guys, give me two guesses for who's leading the league in rushing right now. Quickly, go. Blake Bortles. Yeah, damn. I'm not kidding with you. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Guess running back. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, let's go. Not Kamara. Nope. It's gonna be. He's stunk. Who's is it? Doug Martin. Who's who's in Tampa? <laughs> no, it's nobody in Tampa. It is Matt Breida of the San Francisco Giants. I don't. I don't even know how to say his name. Are we still? Are we still playing that lie thing? Are you just make that up? You no. that name. Uh, in fact, here's the top five rushers in the NFL. Matt Breida from the 49ers, Joe Mixon, Philip Lindsay, the undrafted free agent for the Denver Broncos, Lamar Miller, and James Conner are the top five right now. Heck yeah. That sucks. But, <laughs> that sucks. I mean, there nobody's getting any rushing yards. Like, if you look at fantasy, the top scorers last week, Saquon Barkley had like 60 yards. Melvin Gordon had 26 rushing yards. Phil or uh, Todd Gurley had like 30 rushing yards when he had three touchdowns. You know, it's just it, 
people aren't running the ball as much. So not one of those top rushers, not one of those running backs, probably has a jersey in their own team store. Joe Mixon does. Oh yeah. Problematic. Problematic. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, fun, another fun fact for the NFL. Anything else in the NFL? Uh, just just some Bears Bears Packers uh, week three preview. Who do you guys have, Jake? We are playing the Redskins. The R words. Sorry, sorry. We might have that out. We are in Washington playing the Washington R words. The WRs. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say that on this podcast. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty easy game. I hope the Packers make a statement. Redskins. They look good week one, but they, you know, then they got blown out by the Colts this week. So if we don't beat the Redskins, I'll be very disappointed. If it's close, I'll be pretty disappointed. But um, yeah, I'm just hoping to blow it. I'm sure the Bears are hoping the same with their week matchup. Yeah, Sam. What do you think of the uh, Cardinals coming up? We better, I mean, we better kill them. They look like the, the worst team in the league right now. Um, not really. The, the Bills hold that. But uh, Cardinals look very, very, very bad. Um, so I, I, it should be something that their offense looks stagnant, so our defense should be able to heat them up. Um, again, it's another shot for Mitch and Ball game to, to make up for uh, maybe the last couple of weeks here. Unfortunately, I don't see it. It'll probably be a very similar score to what we have with Seattle. But Defense, defense can put uh, points up on the board for us. Uh, Tree Cohen looks good, special teams. So um, maybe we'll get a couple more points on the board than uh, last week. Yeah. I believe the Bears. I should have brought this up with Eddie. I believe the Bears are six and a half point favorites on the road. They, that, that's pretty good. When's the last time we shot that for the Bears line? I don't know if that's a credit to the Bears so much as it is just wow, the Cardinals suck. Well, I'll help you out with that. The over-under is 39. Holy <laughs> so, fuck. That is such a small over-under. Oh, my God. Like, they don't do that small, usually. So, um, you know, fun little fact about the Bears there. Um, over-under on Bears sacks next week, I think, has to be like five and a half. Because that O-line for the Cardinals is not that good. No, they're just as bad as the Seahawks. So, it should be a similar game. Like Sam said. Um, but I guess I guess we can move on to um, other sports other than football with this uh, football dominated episode. Moving on to the um, to the Cubs in baseball. Basically, since last week, they have been fighting off the Brewers. Um, I think when we recorded last week, it was a one game lead. They are up like eight to one right now. The Brewers lost, so now it's a three and a half game lead. Um, yeah. With the with the White Sox looming. So, guys, do you think there's a chance that the White Sox win this series this weekend? Nope. I do. We talked about that. Maybe this is off the podcast last time. I think the White Sox play up their competition in terms – not their – no, they don't. They, yeah. play, they play emotionally. Hey, they took – they beat the Red Sox and the Yankees in two straight series, like, what was it, four series ago. So, you know, we're not that far off from being terrible – but um, we have been really bad lately. I just think some emotion, Brian. I think the White Sox win at least one, and there there's a outside shot that we sweep the Cubs. If, if the Cubs, though, lose to us, that's a sign that this isn't a World Series team because they better be up for this. Like, the Cubs better be pumped. I know it's the White Sox, but this is, a, this is an inner-city matchup. You don't have, you know, 
many games left this season. You have to win the game. If the Cubs take this lightly and lose these games, that's a really bad sign. Hey, Colton. Yeah. You shouldn't be nervous at all. They're gonna they're gonna kill us. I'm uh, so the Cubs nervous. Are gonna beat the hell out of the White Sox. It, there's no chance. I don't even know why sweep is in is in anybody's sense. If you're a White Sox fan and you're thinking there's a sweep coming, don't watch the White Sox anymore. Because you don't know you don't know sports because That's you, no Jay. That's sweep. you. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um Sam is very pessimistic. I just think that uh, it's baseball and crazy stuff happens and the Cubs lose series to bad teams all the time. So all the time. Bad teams all the time. Oh, it's 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 so frustrating. But I'm I am expecting a sweep. Um after tonight's win, we, we've we won two straight series, which is huge. Three-and-a-half game lead. Worst-case scenario, it's two. It's a two-game lead going into the series. If we don't walk out of that White Sox series uh, up two games, I'm going to be devastated. All right, Colton, give me your X-Factor for the Cubs, and then, Jake, give me your X-Factor for the White Sox going into the series. X-Factor for the Cubs is Chris Bryant actually playing like Chris Bryant. That's exactly what I was thinking. Good call. Jake, Sox. Uh, young pitching, Raylo has been on fire. He pitches game one. He's, like, given up two or less runs in his last four starts. Uh, and then we have Gio, who's going to get pounded very hard. He gave up five runs in the first to the uh, Orioles. So, But then we have Rodon. So, and Rodon can pitch with the best pitchers in the league. I think Rodon versus Kendrick is the game we win, which is the last game of the series. So, there you go. There you go. Um, I guess we can move on because we are just cruising through these sports now. Um, Jake, huge, huge loss for you. Wisconsin falls to BYU. Um, do you think if they – I mean, obviously, if if they win out, they still make the playoffs. Do you think they do win out? Uh, no, probably not. I think we're still a really good team. We're going to do for in the Big Ten. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I like that, you know – I don't think we're, we're – I'm not worrying about the playoffs is what I'm saying. And I like not having to worry about the playoffs a little bit. I don't like losing, obviously, that sucks. But I'm just saying the stress of, like, being the top four team in the nation and everyone telling us that we suck was, was getting a little much. Now now everyone just thinks we're a mediocre Wisconsin team. But we're not. We're, we're pretty good. We just got absolutely shocked at our home. We were bored. We looked lazy. Um, our defense is still really good, and our running game is still obviously great. Uh, so I hope we can patch it together. You know, this, this stuff happens all the time in college football. It sucks real bad for the fans, but, you know, I, I think we're going to finish strong, and I think we'll fight for the Big Ten, but, I don't know, Ohio State looks freakishly good, so I think we can probably smacked by them, if I'm being honest. But, like, Michigan, I think we can play right with Michigan. Ohio State, not the same story. Sam, you are a uh, Wisconsin hater. What do you think? I thought it was awesome, Colton. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, as a Wisconsin hater, that's that's what you want to see. You want to see BYU uh, take it to them. I mean, not really take it to them, but um, their close game. It was just it, I, I shouldn't hate a team as much as I hate Wisconsin. I don't know why I hate Wisconsin, but I just do. Good game. Good good like why We're like that underdog team that fights the powerhouses. So hating uh, I hate that Wisconsin fans even think that. They're all so annoying. How are we a powerhouse? Like, we're Wisconsin, dude. 
That's that's one killer argument by Sam. That's awesome. Uh, Cole, how about Notre Dame this week? They uh, won. Notre Dame squeaks out a victory against Vanderbilt, seventeen twenty-two. They haven't. Every single game's stressful. I really, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, we're still undefeated. We have Wake Forest next week. Um, we after that we have Stanford and then at Virginia Tech, two huge games. So I'm kind of worried about this Wake Forest game because I don't want anyone looking over anyone. But if we if we get past Wake Forest, we have back to back like college game day games. Yeah, and statement games. Yeah, because um, Stanford's ranked 7, Virginia Tech is ranked 13, it's at Virginia Tech, and those home games, have you seen Virginia Tech's home games? They are bananas. They are crazy. Those are, and those are pretty much the last few games for Notre Dame this season, because then they finish the game with FSU for the season, with FSU, who's dog shit, Syracuse, who might be decent, they just beat FSU, but they're not ranked, and USC dog shit. So these are the last two. They have to win these games and then win out. I mean, I I think even if they if they lose one and then and then win out, I think I think they still get in. Maybe to one of if they lose to Stanford, but if they lose after that, that that's a bad loss. And there's I mean Alabama and Clemson are going to be in there, you know, and Georgia. There's a lot of good teams in college football. So if if you want to. I think Notre Dame's going to have to probably win out. They could sneak in with one loss. So, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's college football. Do you guys have, have anything else there? Uh, no, I think James Taylor from Wisconsin could still win the Heisman, though. He is, you know, still a stud, rushing for a ton of yards. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we can uh, finish up the show on some NBA talk. Um, it's our... Uh, it's our it's our fan fan favorite segment, our weekly Derrick Rose update. Sam, um, what's Derrick Rose up to? Welcome back to the uh, Derrick Rose segment. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Um, little reminder: um, Derrick Rose is always the man and always will be the man. I just want to start off saying that. Um, Derrick Rose stat of the week, or uh, something just to hype you, Derrick Rose fans up out there. Um, Recently, Kevin Garnett was was in the news for saying that um, he thinks that Derrick Rose should start um, this next year over uh, some of the other younger guys that they had. They have T, and I, I can't remember who else. It was just a recent draft pick by them a couple years ago here. So, um, just a little stat: uh, Minnesota outscored opponents by twelve, nearly twelve and a half points per one hundred possessions. Um, during the time that Rose and Carl Anthony Towns shared minutes this last year, um, during the postseason they had a 22.6 net rating. Colton, that's big net ratings. That's good stuff, I think. Uh, <laughs> that's great stuff. Alongside uh, Towns and Jimmy Butler, he averaged 21 points last year when he played with Towns, uh, but only 14 when he came off the bench. Start the man. How much I, I got? I, I say 